On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, we take a look at the season of one Scotty Barnes. His second season wasn't quite the giant leap we all hoped for after he won Rookie of the Year, but he was a lot better this season than he was in year one still, right? We'll also take a look at the future. Are the Raptors about to hand the keys over to Scotty going into year three? And so much more with Katie Heindel on today's episode of the show. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1389 of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, April the 26th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter. You can also follow the show at Locked On Raptors. You can also uh, join our Discord community. It's a ton of fun. We got like 50 people in there really getting down the rabbit hole of very, very brain-diseased fake trades it's wild uh but jump on in it's really fun links in the description please go and uh, join a little community over there on discord you can also subscribe to the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps and on youtube as always thank you so much for taking the time to do that today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right on today's show we're talking about Scotty Barnes, baby. It was uh, an up and down second season for Scotty. Lots to like, lots to work on. And here to dig into it all with me is Katie Heindel of Dime Basketball Feelings. Uh, typical format for these player review episodes. We'll dig into what was good off the top. We'll dig into what maybe needs some work for next year in the middle. And then we'll take a look at the future and dig into our Discord question of the day. A uh, question from our pal Duncan in the Discord that we'll get to later on in the show. So... Katie, positive takeaways from Scotty Barnes' the second season. Like I said, kind of off the top, this was not, I think, the second-year supernova leap that I think a lot of people were hoping for coming into the season, that I think even the Raptors, based on their off-season lack of maneuvering, maybe thought was coming as well. Uh, but still, this was a, a step forward for Scotty in a lot of regards, right? Like, this was a season that there's a lot of positive stuff to pull away from, even though you don't get those big, sexy stats and the, the big leap and there was a bit of a drop-off in a couple of areas. Like, pretty good stuff still overall from Scotty for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like a rookie season, you have no, there's no preliminary to mm -hmm. it, right? There's like no data. There's no, there's like no eye test stuff. You just, you don't have anything. There's no sample mm -hmm. size. So even if a rookie just plays well, it will look incredible. And then when you have somebody like Scotty Barnes, who became, you know, rookie of the year, that's a hard thing to stack up to. Um, so that said, I think with like that sample size to work with, even where he struggled this season, I'd say that he did progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know, there, there are certain areas where it fell off a touch, right? Like the efficiency was down. I talked a lot about the two-point shooting. We'll get more into that in the second segment. It wasn't a smooth sort of linear growth type of season, as it wasn't in his rookie year either. Um, but I do think the thing that I sort of took away from this season, and this was a th feeling I had watching him play as a rookie, but I even got it more so this year, is 
the dude's just a sponge and mm -hmm. he can be a chameleon and he was asked by necessity just with the way this team was built to wear a lot of different hats this season and while there often came an adjustment phase when he was asked to put on one of those new glorious chapeaus uh you know it, it took him not long to sort of process and figure out okay this is where i fit in this new iteration of this lineup and this is where i fit in here and the thing that really kind of stands out to me from that is January, when he had his best month of the season, like he was up over 17 a game, and this was the month where the Raptors, still without a center, were like, well, what's our best shot here to have some sort of positive play at center? And it was, have Scotty Barnes be your nominal screener and middle-of-the-floor option on offense. And it did not look pretty to start. I think back, I think it was the first game of the new year mm -hmm. against the Pacers. And you could see it. Miles Turner was just hanging like almost in like a prank fashion so far back in the paint, just giving him miles and miles of runway to work with. And it looked very awkward the first couple times as Scotty confronted all these green pastures and was like, what do I do here? There's no one guarding me. It was awkward for a sec, and then it took like two or three possessions, and all of a sudden, he's weaponizing that space, using his bowling ball drives to get into the teeth of the defense and make havoc, whether it's scoring over Miles Turner, whether it's kicking out to shooters, hitting cutters, all that stuff. He found a way to really operate within that setup. And then, of course, Jakob Pertl comes in, and it all gets flipped on its head once again, and he has to go kind of occupy this more sort of pick-your-spots type wing role where he's playing more as like a connector. Um, and I still think by the end of the season, he had kind of found his spots there as well. But Katie, like, how... What what is Scotty Barnes? <laughs> I feel like we don't know yet, and it's partly because he's played so many different roles over the course of two years. Um, and I am not the type of person who thinks you should funnel a guy down a specific development track. I know there's some folks out there who think, oh, he should just be the point guard, have him have the ball all the time. Like, why would you put him in that silo when he can kind of do all these different things? When you think about Scotty Barnes, what he is right now, what he's going to be. Like, do you have, like, an archetype of a player in mind, or is it still sort of a big blurry picture that is yet to really come through because it's too early in the trivia night to get the full picture as you're waiting for your clues to come through on this? Uh, I, I'm speaking very specifically. I yeah, do these trivia, trivia nights, Katie. Not a trivia. These, there's this trivia company in Hamilton that'll do the nights around, and, like, they'll have, like, an ongoing thing called continuous clues where it's, like, a blurry picture that gets less blurry round by round. Earlier you guess at the more points. Anyway, that's the analogy I'm trying to make here. It's about Bad one. Katie, what do you think Scotty Barnes is going to be as a basketball player? Let's get back to the original question, shall we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know yet, and I think that's fine. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of discomfort um, with patience and this uh, this need to constantly pin down what players are, you mm -hmm. know, in the, in, the, in the immediacy, what they're going to be in the short term. Um, and then that, because that, I think, dictates their quote or perceived value to a team. Mm -hmm. uh, with somebody like Scotty Barnes, I don't really think you want to limit that trajectory and like mm -hmm. the growth into what he could be. I think that he's, I'd like to see him more in a point guard role, but I don't mean that just strictly. I just think where we've seen him, you know, play the five and be more toward that end. Mm -hmm. It's not always his strong suit, mostly mm -hmm. because I think he's still getting pretty comfortable with his own physicality you know, and his athleticism and the the things he's able to do when he's asked to play a more kind of a central role, you know, kind of be up around the glass. Like I, mm -hmm. even his hesitation sometimes uh, in his drives, like I think that stems from not 100% like knowing his full scope of physical 
power yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how he can dispatch that um, on the floor. And I think that's totally fine. Is Again, he just finished his second year. So I'd like to see him go back to his roots a little bit, you know, to, to really capitalize on what he could be as a point guard. I wouldn't be limited to that. And I know we'll get to this, but I do think a lot of the problems that he had uh, now we know probably had something to do with like the, the strains of the front office, you know, and mm-hmm. the, and the coaching situation and how those trickle down within the roster. And in terms of just like no one really knowing what their <laughs> role was really on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um, but by all accounts, like to your point of him being a sponge, I think he absorbed and really tried to reconcile a lot of what he learned in real time as much as a young like a young guy, Ken, who mm-hmm. is asked to take on that much responsibility, who is in an uncomfortable and pretty disrupted atmosphere in terms of, of a team and what that team's future looks like. So I think where he struggled retrospectively, you can have, a, I think if you if you <laughs> take a moment to think about it mm-hmm. and really extrapolate and use your brain and logic, you can understand as to why he struggled. It didn't just happen in a vacuum. He's not a, he's not a bad player, you know? Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah, I think like to me, there's still way more upside and way more that we don't know about Scotty Barnes, which is why, you know, his role uh, in the future, whatever type of player he becomes, I don't think you really want to limit that because you're going to lose yeah. out. Yeah, there's a uh, lot to like about his game. Obviously, like the passing that's going to play in any position, whether he's in a more of a big role. Certainly, you've seen plenty of bigs become just absolute studs because their passing is on another level. And I think. If there is one skill that I think was just kind of driven home as, oh, yeah, like he's elite at this. It's the passing. He's ridiculous the way he sees the floor. And that's why I like him operating from the middle of the floor. And any way you can get him there is a good thing because like he's huge. He can survey. He can scan. He can make the right reads oftentimes before the guy receiving the ball even realizes he's the recipient of the right read. Like it's a it's a like a legitimately transcendent skill and you know, everything else has to come and match it. But at the very least, you know, you got that. Um, and having a dude who co- throws cool look, no-look passes, all right in my books as a, as a starting point, for sure. We're going to come back on the other side, Katie, dig into some of the stuff that didn't go so well this year. The fit issues, perhaps, that might be, uh, you know, tackled this offseason, you know, at potentially the earliest. And uh, the shooting, the touch, all that stuff. We'll get to that in just one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Look, I love a sports sim video game. Maybe you do too. Maybe you're the type of person who plays NBA 2K and doesn't play any of the games. You just fast forward to the offseason, sim through the games, and go and go crazy as a GM in the offseason. That is super fun. You can do that with Ultimate Basketball GM, where you're in charge of dealing and challenge dealing with challenging personalities, both players and coaches alike, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft, all the way up through the ups and downs of multiple seasons. You have to deal with testy owners and all that good stuff all in a challenging and realistic game world and you can play wherever you want on the go offline as you want when you want to locked on raptors listeners get a 100 percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure to go check it out to download the game just visit probasketballgm.com scan the code that's on the screen if you're watching or look it up on the app stores that's probasketballgm.com ultimate pro basketball gm start your dynasty today Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Ibotta. Groceries, school shopping, getting a little something for yourself, those Air Maxes you want to buy, all of it. 
you're spending the money on it anyway. So why not get some cash back for it with Ibotta? With Ibotta, you can earn cash back on every single shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too. When you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to a whole lot with Ibotta. It's that sweet, sweet cash, baby. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners just $5, $5 just for trying Ibotta, that is, by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. It's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code LOCKED for a free $5 just for trying it out. Go check them out. It's Ibotta. All right, we continue on here with your first listener of the day. Thanks, as always, to the everyday listeners who are dropping in. If you are an everyday listener of the show, let us know in the comments. Uh, shoot me a message. I always want to know uh, who, just so I know, there's like a watch list of freaks who want to look at me every day. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's troublesome, Katie, but uh, these people are legit. They're, 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 they're out there, and we love them. All right, let's dive in uh, to what didn't go so hot for Scotty Barnes this year. Is there something that stands out to you, Katie, as sort of the number one thing that didn't go right with Scotty this year, you know, it could just be the team context thing and the sort of limitations of the roster. Obviously, the shooting was off, the, the, the sort of over the course of 48-minute effort and the sort of saving it all for the fourth quarter. What comes to your mind is sort of the biggest thing that needs to be worked on this summer by Scotty Barnes to sort of continue the positive trajectory going forward? Mine is more abstract, but I, it's one of these abstractions that I do think if it, if it comes into I don't know if it clicks, mm -hmm. a lot of problems will be alleviated. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a real nosedive in terms of Scotty Barnes's energy. Uh, it seemed kind of like the persona he was sort of putting forward on the floor and off the floor uh, this season. He just seemed a little bit lost at times. His like he seemed pretty sort of dispirited at times. Mm -hmm. I'd say you know noted even, lack of glee. Yeah, and I'm being careful to say, because I know in his first season, the whole thing was like, this guy's so happy, so yeah. upbeat. And it's like, you know, that's also not a fair expectation to put on somebody so young or like mm -hmm. at all, um, nonstop. But I will say it was just... It was <laughs> Why don't you smile more? <laughs> yeah, like it was palpable, <laughs> even if he hadn't been like that. It was certainly palpable this season because it was palpable across the whole team. So... I do think some of that came from strains uh, in expectation, which again, mm -hmm. we've learned has come from strains in expectation from what say Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster had of what where they wanted the young guys to develop the season and what was actually being implemented by Nick Nurse and the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. You know, that did like names like Delano Ben obviously came up more, but I think Delano and Scotty though, you know, not at the same level as players or their expectations to the team. They are the same age, right? You know, same draft. So I think, where you see one uh, being focused on progression and one not, I think across the board, there was just this sense that Scotty's our future. He's here for a while. We don't really have to give him the same kind of a, attention hmm. maybe that we did last season. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't really like that. I think there was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of clarity in terms of expectations for how he was supposed to fit. Not to say you've got to hold somebody's like that, their hand, but the veteran presence had its own overlying problems and, I don't know. These guys are thinking about their future with the team. Mm -hmm. They're maybe not looking to help Scotty Barnes where they needed to, where you've had mm -hmm. vets in place in the past who have enormously helped young guys. Like when past guys like Pascal Siakam 
was in the same position as Scotty. You know, you had the vets in place to really help him out and try and like sustain him through the harder times, you know, like that would come out and talk about what a hard time he was like, you know, Kyle Lowry was pretty vocal about that, about like some of the heat and the hate, honestly, at the time, like somebody like Pascal Siakam was getting, Mm -hmm. you know, and how it wasn't really fair and what was actually going on. And we never really heard that from Mm -hmm. any of the vets on this team. Um, again, I do think that comes down to sort of a wider team disconnect. Not to say all these problems will be addressed or alleviated by getting a new head coach because I, it's not realistic to think so. The, Rap- the Raptors have many more problems than this, and they've all been left to fester hmm. and you know get bigger over this season. It's definitely one of them. The things that you flagged out in terms of like his technical skills and where they perhaps didn't develop or they fell off a little bit, the shooting – um, the touch, what I mentioned just in terms of like his ability to kind of get anywhere he wants on the floor, which I really think he will be able to do mm-hmm. at some point, but the hesitancy there, a lot of that again could get addressed. He's going to go away this summer, probably be in the Rico runs. He'll do some of his own work. I would hope mm-hmm. on his own. I think that would be very beneficial. Um, he played a lot last off season. That's what we heard, right? Like he was in any kind of scrimmage and any off season tournament he could get in. Mm-hmm. We didn't really see too many, of the upsides of that this season. And I, again, maybe that's just because he wasn't asked to do those things in game. Um, But I think he can get there with some more focus, uh, which is why I think it would be beneficial for him to like get his own trainer and not (laughs) be in Rico team runs, right? Like go off on your own and be independent and focus on what you need to do. Um, So, yeah, I think the, the deficits again, to me and like the biggest question mark is how does he slot in to what this mm-hmm. team looks like next season? But you can't get to that until you figure out what does this team look like next season. For sure. And like, I want to be careful because I don't think, I know there's this sort of general impression that like there's Fred and there's Pascal and then there's like a big wall and then there's Scotty and they just throw projectiles over the wall at each other. Like, it's not this adversarial thing. I think it's a pretty natural tension that developed this season that with perhaps a little more front office direction as far as priorities, perhaps a little more, um, you know, cohesiveness when it comes to the head coach and kind of setting the expectations Mm -hmm. and managing the personalities in the room. um, You know, that probably is less of an issue, but that wasn't managed well. And I don't think just reading the tea leaves, there was ever sort of a clear delineation or even a conversation with like Fred and Pascal about, Hey, here's what Scotty's up to this year. Here's how this is going to help us be better. Here's how this is going to help us win games. And I do think a new head coach, obviously, you know, whoever they bring in, I feel like question number one is uh, how do you deal with Scotty? Like what's your plan for Scotty? And how does that work with the guys on the team? You know, I'm not one of these people who thinks you got to move on from Pascal and Fred to clear the way for Scotty. I think that's a bad way to go about team building. Um, And, you know, there may be you have to trade or move on from one of them just by the natural course of roster churn and uh, team building and all of that. But I don't think the reason for it is that they can't play with Scotty Barnes. That's ridiculous to me. And to me, it's always made a lot of sense to have Scotty Barnes kind of working on his game with those two guys as the clear one, two for now. But at some point, it's going to be very apparent that this is Scotty Barnes' team. If he's on the trajectory, we all think he is. If he's not, then the Raptors are in a whole world of hurt, and it doesn't matter. Uh, but like at some point, it's going to become apparent. And it was apparent for stretches of this season, right? There were those flashes where he decides, all right, 
I'm winning this game now. And it's like, oh my God, he has the highest upside of anybody on this team when he's really going. Problem was, he wasn't going for more than 12 minutes at a time for very long stretches of the season. And I do think as much as the team context and the lack of expectations being set from the outset were real, I also think you got to have the conditioning. You got to be ready to play for longer than 12 minute spurts. And I think Scotty's acknowledgement at the end of the season that his conditioning wasn't where it needs to be. And that's what he's going to work on this summer is a pretty good, I think, um, bit of proof that that was a thing that was going on this season. Captain thinks that the, that Scotty needs to work out in the gym as well. It's (laughs) It's always George. I always think it's captain and it's always George. And I always have, we have this conversation once a week, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, I think uh, the effort thing is massive because when he's dialed in, like he's just a physical marvel. He can't be stopped. He's bruising. He's powerful. Um, you mentioned he can get to his spots like this season, the, you know, as far as things that improved, he got to the rim uh, 38% of the time this year. He was in the 77th percentile of the league. That's very good. It's up from the 68th percentile last year. Uh, he gets to the short mid range, you know, among the best top 10, like top 10% in the league, as far as getting to the rim, that's where you want to be. And I think, you know, obviously the touch wasn't there. That's a big thing. It, you know, I'm not sure if that's just like a, a one year weird blip or something else, but uh, you know, he goes down basically from every zone of the floor. He had a pretty substantial drop except for the long mid range where he was, you know, kind of middle of the pack in the league, everything else, you know, rim goes from 71% to 66% short mid range, 45 to 41. That all matters. And, you know, I don't know if it's all tied to his conditioning or whatever, but we know that when he's at his best, he is just obviously the best player on the team when it all comes together for him, or at least the most dynamic, the guy who can kind of tap into the most sort of supernatural skill. And he didn't do it enough this year. And he's got to do that more often. The conditioning is a big part of it. And when he does that, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, they're not dumb. They're going to look around and realize, oh my God, this is the guy who gets us to winning a whole lot more games and where we want to go. Let's buy into this. He hasn't done that right now. And I still think he's got to earn it for the the, the, the sort of tensions with the more vet-laden guys on the team and Scotty Barnes to be smoothed over none of these guys are idiots all these guys guys want to win basketball games by the end of this summer it's likely all of them will have received a bag so it probably makes it a little easier to you know seed some responsibility um but you know I, I think the sort of I don't even think it's blame but the reasons for Scotty's perceived stagnation that's not the right word but I think that's a perception a lot of people have um you know that th- it's not all just on Scotty it's not all just on the interworking you know pieces in the dynamics within the team it's kind of a bunch of million a million different things which has been the case the story of this Raptors season is no one big thing going wrong it's a million little things compiling to make a pretty difficult situation for everybody um we're going to continue Katie we're going to get into our discord question of the day we're going to uh tee up the off season for Scotty and what to expect. Um, can't imagine he's going to be moved this off season. I guess we don't need to really dig into that. Maybe he will. Maybe he's the Tyrese Halliburton in the Raptors Demontis Sabonis trade that's coming up this summer. We'll see. But either way, uh, we'll get to that in just one second. Before we do that, however, gotta tell you about our good friends over at Game Time. Look, buying tickets for sporting events shouldn't be hard. It should be easy. This is a fun thing you want to do. It shouldn't be causing you stress. And Game Time is the place to go because you can get tickets on Game Time for wonderful deals on the day of the event what an awesome awesome setup you can get exclusive flash deals for tickets on football basketball baseball concert comedy theater 
and more. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets at the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. What an incredible deal. You got the Blue Jays going on right now. If you want to try to get some Leaf tickets for Thursday night's Game 5, which is going to be an absolute madhouse, you can go check out Game Time as well. And you get a little discount as well when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA when you download the Game Time app and create an account. It's going to get you $20 off your first purchase. That could be the price of two Blue Jays tickets. Just go check them out. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, rounding up the show here with Katie Heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings, the New York Times, probably uh, like the, the the Washington Post and the, the Guardian and all the other papers someday as well, because you're the best. Uh, let's continue on, Katie. Scotty Barnes's summer, the future. Um, it's a big summer for Scotty. Mm-hmm. Talked about the conditioning stuff. I think the look. I'm not expecting the three point shooting to come along this summer like that's a lot to ask of a guy and you know he's pretty far off it seems be nice if there was an incremental improvement that's what we said last year and there was not incremental improvement um but you know i'm kind of curious for you katie like what's the most important thing this summer outside of the team dynamic stuff like is there one thing that you look at as like that's the skill that he's got to go and hone in on that's the thing that's going to continue his forward trajectory as a star you know Maybe it is just a three-point shooting. Maybe it's the two-point shooting in the pull-up game, whatever it is. But what for you is sort of the key thing this offseason that's going to pivot Scotty Barnes's future? Some shooting. I don't really yeah. care which, but mm-hmm. some focus uh, on shooting. I don't, like, realistically, the three just doesn't feel like it's there yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you develop that when you don't really seem to have a feel for a lot of your spots. Yeah. You know, and like where you are most comfortable because that always strikes me as something that you're going to want to build on and like build up to getting your three point uh, spots, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think any shooting, and I do think some of that will be solved by what we are, we both touched on earlier, which was this, which is a, a better and more confident sense of himself mm-hmm. in game action, right? Yeah. Like where you can pull up from, like, is this the smartest decision where it doesn't actually seem like a clear shot, but you can actually, you can use the space around you and your size within it to make it a good shot for you. Just general shot creation, I think would be such a boon to him Mm -hmm. wherever his career goes. And certainly to the Raptors who you saw just like go through drought after shooting drought this season. Yeah. Honestly, I think, any sort of return to the stuff. Remember back in his rookie season, even like the second game of his career, I think in Boston, he's pulling up for mid-range jumpers and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is part of it. And obviously it's petered out since then. Um, you know, all mid-range this season, 43% uh, down, sorry, last season as a rookie, 43%, 64th percentile per clean the glass, 39% this year, 47th percentile, just not good enough. He's not close to the best mid-range shooter on the team. And so you're not going to have him taking those shots, ideally. But if he can add just some element of being able to score on the move with the ball in his hands, that opens up more for him as a pick and roll operator. That opens up more for him as like a straight line drive into the teeth of the defense from the top of the of the arc and go make stuff happen type of guy. 
And I think any way you can get him moving downhill, this is another thing, right? Like he has had trouble blowing by guys. He uses his power and his size to sort of bully his way to the rim, but he's not doing the straight step around a guy and go to the rim. And maybe you can't learn that. Maybe better conditioning helps with that. But any way you can find a way to get Scotty Barnes going downhill into the middle of the floor is going to be a good thing. But you can't do that if a team is not worried at all about the shooting threat and it's all the passing threat because no one's going to worry about you. Everyone's going to go and stick to their shooters and make it so you have to burn them with mid-range shots. If he can unlock that part of his game, you know, the short mid-range, the long mid-range, the floaters, that type of stuff, and make that really a thing that is consistent for him as a real weapon, I think there's a pathway for him to be a guy with the ball in his hands more. But as it stands right now, Fred Van Vliet is a much better off-the-bounce creator. Pascal Siakam, much better off-the-bounce creator. You're doing yourself a disservice as a basketball team to run your possessions through anyone but those two guys right now. But Scotty, it's there for him, right? Like, we've seen it. We've seen the flashes. The flashes are incredible. If you can add that mid-range game, like, that is step one to stepping out to three-point range, but it's also step one to making defenses think when he has the ball in his hands and he's coming at you because... You send extra attention his way because you know he's a pull-up threat, then boom, all of a sudden he's hitting OG cutting baseline. You send extra attention his way because you know he can collapse down at the rim because you know he's going to get there, boom, he's kicking out and they're swinging around for a Fred 3 on the wing. Like, that's the stuff that I think really, really needs to be honed in here. As far as how the team might shift around him, Katie, we can leave it on this. Like, where are you at with the Fred Pascal Scotty Trio. I know Fred, you know, we'll see what happens. He's a pending free agent. My guess is he's back because I don't see a tangible upgrade out there anywhere. And I'm also not a GM. So, you know, maybe there's a trade I'm not thinking about that's there. But it it seems like they've kind of pinned themselves into a bit of a corner here where they're going to have to bring back Fred and Pascal to have them as supplementary pieces for Scotty. They owe a pick out the door next summer. uh, And so they're going to try to be good. And I think that's the right thing to do when you have a good ascendant player. You want to try to be good as quick as you can with that player while they're on a rookie contract, all that stuff. Um, You know, what's your sort of view on the Siakam and Fred of it all as it pertains to Scotty? And do you think it's maybe time to hand Scotty the keys outright, even if he's not quite ready? Uh, I don't think it's time yet because you're going to have Pascal you know, what, regardless of what happens to Fred, you're going to have Pascal who you've said and set up to be your lead on this Mm -hmm. team. I do think you need to hand Scotty some more confidence. You know, I don't, you know, that's not keys, but I think that will manifest as more freedom because Mm -hmm. his confidence is only going to grow if he's free to make and take these shots that we're talking about. Right. And to get, get to some new mean in terms of his offensive capabilities and shot creation. Um, I don't know that this group, this like trio works, hmm. but to your point, which is really apt, I don't know that they're going to get an upgrade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at Like at all this summer. And I don't actually know who that would be. And I do just have a feeling that the front office still ha- doesn't feel like they've gotten the most that they can out of these three. You know, I think yeah. they, they, they still think there's something else there. I'm inclined to believe them, but a, but a part of that belief is wearing a bit thin because you know, we saw where that disconnect was this season and where belief didn't necessarily align with reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my main concern is you're going to have to change something this offseason. And the most obvious would be in the dynamic. And um, I mean, I guess just I was going to say the dynamic of those those three, but actually just the personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. That's like I, I don't mean to be like a cop out on this question. No. But There's no hard answers here. Is the like thing. I so think cop they out all need you want. to change it. <laughs> Do I think they will? No. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I think there will be whoever comes in. Like, and this is why I'm all right with if like you know there will be there will be changes I'm sure, whatever the changes are I don't know what they'll be but you know if they do come back with the same team, and like the same core I think they'll have to really address the back end of the roster which we can talk about in a sec but um, I, I think whoever comes in as the head coach like I think a prerequisite of getting the job will be having an idea for how to make those three work together and a big part of it too is like. Can Pascal add a more reliable catch-and-shoot three to his game? And I think there's optimism for that. Like, I don't think he's a busted shooter. He's had successful shooting seasons in the past, um, maybe with uh, less burdensome minutes total (laughs) with a new coach and a better, you know, roster to kind of support him. Maybe there's more there just in the legs for for the three-point shot, all that. Um, I I think if you're banking on one of these guys to add something to their game, I think Fred adding the three, sorry, Pascal adding the three is the big part of it that I think you can maybe not bank on, but certainly hope for not naively. I think... The addition of shooting on this roster is more important to Scotty than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's what's going to unlock him because space for a dude who passes as well as him, who can get to the rim as easily as he can just with his sheer power, um, that is going to be such a weapon that they just don't have in their employ right now. But if you have a 37% Pascal Siakam in the corner, team's got to think twice. You have OG, you got Fred, you've got. Hopefully some additions they've brought in in the offseason, whoever you draft, maybe Otto Porter comes back and, and is healthy and ready to go. Maybe that's a pipe dream, but he opted into his contract, so he's not on the team next year unless he gets traded. Um, you know, I think uh, the, the shooting for Scotty is the thing that will unlock him most. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see one more year of it with him, Pascal, Fred, to see if they can make it work. Yak is involved in this as well as a non-shooter, um, you know. Give it one more year, see if fresh eyes from a new coach can make it happen. And if not, then you probably are asking some really, really tough questions. They might ask the tough questions this summer. I think that might be premature, tying all the way back to our conversation about Scotty and not wanting to put him into a bubble of one type of development. Um, You know, having Fred and Pascal makes it so you can change up the different ways and the roles that Scotty plays. If they're gone, you're asking him to be a heliocentric star. Good luck. Like, he's not ready for that. He hasn't shown that he is. Maybe he'll walk in day one next season and be totally ready for it, but I'm betting against it being a bit more of a slow burn developmentally than that. Um, Any last parting shots here, Katie, before we round out this Scotty episode? Do we need to get to the question? What's the... Oh, right. I forgot about the question. (laughs) Shout out. (laughs) I know, I'm a fool. But actually, I think we kind of answered it. It was from Duncan. We'll give Duncan his shout out. What level does Scotty need to get to in order for the team leaders to accept him running the show? Do you think there's any form of a timeline for the front office to expect that to happen? Um, Yeah. As far as the timeline... We kind of talked about this in not exactly direct terms, but, um, you know, I, I think next season's massive, right? Like, if there are signs there that Scotty is ascending to the guy that everyone thinks and hopes he can be, then I think you're laughing and, and you're probably feeling pretty good. But, um, you know, it's dependent on Pascal shooting. It's dependent on Fred bouncing back and being a more reliable three-point shooter than he was for stretches this season. Um, if he is, in fact, back, it's there's a lot of things that, that sort of hang here. But any did you have any thoughts on Duncan's question before we round it out? No, I guess we answered. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had the, I had Duncan's question in the brain yeah. going into the question, yeah. uh, going into the segment anyway. But thanks, Duncan, for sending it in again. Get in the Discord chat. You can uh, send in your questions. We got Fred Van Vliet coming up tomorrow, which I'm sure everyone will be very normal about. Uh, but please drop your questions in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord yet, the link is in the description to get your questions included in these series review, season review episodes. All right, we're going to leave it there. Katie, thank you so much, as always, for hanging out. Anything you want to promote for the good people out there? 
Yeah, a really loud motorcycle that just went by. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I read something about LeBron James uh, and specifically what a kind of gift uh, his familiarity and comfort is at dismantling and psychically ruining teams in the playoffs. <laughs> to us as NBA fans, so that's on uh, that just went up today at Gaming Society. Hell yeah, go check it out. Uh, you can support this show by subscribing, following, rating, reviewing on your favorite podcast apps for free. You can go listen to Locked On Leafs, our sister show covering the Buds as they hopefully punch their ticket to the second round. What a weird sentence that is. Tomorrow, Mike and Dave have that all covered on Locked On Leafs. Uh, tomorrow, Samson Folk from Raptors Republic is along. We are going to talk about Fred Van Vliet and his season and what comes next for Fred. Please don't yell at us too much. The Fred conversation has made me dread talking about Fred Van Vliet, which shouldn't be a thing. Anyway, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with Samson. In the meantime, have a wonderful day. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.